I am so excited for this meal I'm about to get after we finish this service. Amen to God. I was sitting in the back listing stuff. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of stuff. And then, no, you know, we did not just the, the absolute fast. We had to give up something. So I chose sweets. When I tell you Cheesecake Factory calling me right now, that strawberry cheesecake. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Not many days hence, you shall be mine. <laughs> Amen. But it's been a blessing. This fast has been a blessing. Amen. And, 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 and God has blessed us in so many ways. I want to thank God again for our brothers that led out in the prayer on this past Wednesday night. Amen. And not just that, especially our young men. Amen. We need to thank God for our young men that not only were available to pray, they know how to pray. Amen. They didn't learn here. So what we saw here Wednesday, what they have to be doing at home in their own personal time. So we thank God for young men that are praying and calling on the Lord. Amen. And Frank, the Lord's put in my spirit that this is your season to assume your authority. The season. The Lord is, the Lord is telling you, is that I can't make you believe in you. You have to believe in what I put in you. You have to believe in it. It's your season to assume your authority and work in it. Because everything else in your life is not going to be right until you assume that authority. Because when you assume it, you can command everything to line up with God's will. To assume your authority. So God is unlocking your mouth. And not unlocking your mouth for others, but unlocking your mouth for yourself. This is the year he is unlocking your mouth for yourself. So speak it and declare it and watch it come to pass. Amen. Amen. We have extremely anointed, gifted men and women here. And we have to prepare them and push them to assume and to operate in what the Lord wants them to do. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, um, go with me to... Uh, 1 John 2 and 15. We're just going to talk this morning just a little bit. The song says that kings and kingdoms may all pass away, but there's something about that name. Something about that If you have your Bibles, look at 1 John 2, 15 through verse 20. Amen. In the New King James Version, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. 
but he who does the will of God abides forever. So little children, it is the last hour, as you have heard, and the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that their last, that this is the last hours. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And somebody say, Amen. Amen. This morning we're going to talk just a little bit on the subject, some things just don't fit. Some things just don't fit. Father, we thank you on this morning. We honor and adore you. We glorify you. Have your way, Lord, in this house. Release a word that is designed for your people. Not a word that's crafted and honed with skills and with talent, but a word that is raw with the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. Move in this house. Arrest our hearts and our spirits that we might be who you have called us to be in the fullness of your power. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Let me be seated in the presence of the Lord. And we're just going to talk a little bit this morning, and then um, Pastor Bill is going to come and release something in the house, and then we're going to go on and get something to eat. Somebody say amen. Amen. Okay. Um, um, we had the MITs, the MITs did a, a presentation in their class a couple of weeks ago, and one of the young ladies um, gave a great message, and I always get something out of her, it's the scriptures that she uses, and so we thank God for that. But we, she talked about Jesus' experience with feeding the multitude. I mean, they didn't have no food, and he fed the 5,000. In John's account, it's the 5,000 that he fed with the fishes and the loaves. And the Bible says that after the miracle, um, Jesus went across to the other side of the lake, and the people started looking for him. They, hadn't, they didn't see him leave, but they knew he was gone, and they were looking for him. So they got in the boats, went across to the other side of the lake. And then when they came over in John chapter 6, um, Jesus says, is that, are you coming looking for me because you saw a miraculous sign, or are you coming because of the fishes and the loaves? Why are you here? Why did you come searching for me? What was the connection that brought you here? Because Jesus said, you're looking for me because of what you receive, but not because of who I am. So it's a selfish looking. It's a looking that feeds what you want and what you desire and not necessarily feeds my will. Doesn't feed my will. For the purpose of the seeking, if it's tied to self-gratification, it cannot be a divine connection. So this got me to thinking, got me to contemplate. Last, I got my time of a month off in December to rest and then going right into consecration was a time of self-reflection for me, for myself personally. Someone said personally and said, Eric, why are you here? 
Are you here for the fishes and the loaves? But are you here because God has divinely orchestrated and put it together? And that's something that we all have to look and to see and to contemplate and to reflect upon the reason that drew us here. Because if we're drawn here by the charisma of an individual, then we would not have substance to last. And situations change and circumstances change and things go, don't go the way that we want them to. We'll get frustrated and we'll leave and find somebody someplace else because we're not connected to the heart of the matter. We're connected to a person. And it's hard to build ministry when people are connected to a person and not to the mission. Because you have to constantly feed them like a baby in order for them to stay in place. But people that are connected to why you are here, the why of the matter, the purpose of the matter, is a much deeper connection. And so we don't wobble as much. So we weather. We can ride with it. We can go with the flow. Because everybody riding ain't a ride or die. Divine connection then has to be deeper than just the fact that we get along because we have good time together, because we enjoy each other's company. It has to be deeper than you have something for me and I have something to offer you. It has to be a much deeper connection because the divine connection is a God-ordained interrelation that was orchestrated for a specific purpose at a specific time. It's a God-ordained, a God-called, a god orchestrated interrelation, us connecting from different backgrounds and from different situations and different circumstances and from different um, um, life experiencing, all connecting together to honor what God wants to do through this connection. That's what a divine connection is. It's more than how we look, more than how we talk more than our regional attitudes, more than our environmental situations, more than our economic standing, more than our financial position. It's about uh, the core that God put this together, that God joined together, that God has orchestrated this for some divine purpose that fits within his will. Therefore, if that be the case, then every connection is not a divine connection. And it behooves us to be able to identify those that are and those that aren't and to make the necessary adjustments in our lives. Because I can't give too much access and too much credibility to someone that is not a divine connection over my ministry, over my assignment, over what God has called me to do. Because there's no divine connection there. You can have an opinion, but everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. And I can't allow that to influence me when we're not divinely connected. So we're going to look at three points, and then we're going we're gonna to close. The three points are these. Is that you need partners, not bodies. Always put purpose over commonality. And some things just don't fit. So let's get started. Amen. Um, Numbers 13, 14, God tells Moses that you are about to, ready to enter into what I have promised you. Send some spies over so they can spy out the land. Interesting, too, because God says send them over so they can validate what I told you. 
before the body goes over, send these group, these 12 individuals over, one from each tribe to go over and see the land. They go over, they see the land, and they say that God's word is true. We see these grapes. This truly, surely, the text says that this land flows with milk and honey. Everything that God said is right. But we also saw giants in the land. Because many times, we don't expect to see challenge in the face of victory. It's not victory until it's been challenged. You haven't won it unless you have been fought against to get it. So they go in this land, they see these things, and then they come back. They're excited. Yes, we saw this. God's word is true. Yada, yada, yada. Ten of them says, but there are giants in these lands, and they, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. The grasshoppers. We, we do this small in their sight. And it was only Joshua and Caleb. The Bible said they steal the people and said, we are well able. Let's go over at once and get this. But they didn't. They complained. And then what they did, watch this. The negativity of the ten put the whole camp at ease. It put the whole, it upset the whole camp. So no, it wasn't, nobody was at ease because the, a couple of bad apples can spoil the whole bunch. And so God got mad at Israel, said this again, you have challenged my word, you have not believed me. None of y'all that came out of, Israel, out of Egypt will see the promise, except for Joshua and Caleb. And because Caleb had a different, he had a different spirit. He believed me wholeheartedly. Because what we need in this season, corporately and individually, are not bodies, we need partners. Because bodies will take up space, but they won't contribute. Bodies will eat your food and leave and won't wash a dish. Bodies will eat your food and talk about your dry chicken. Because, you know, the chicken can't be dry if you cook it too long. It can be dry. Bodies will intake what you have but never get back to you. So three things, just about these bodies. Bodies will always see the opposition. They will always see what's wrong but never point out and try to help make it better. Partners see opportunity. Even in, the, even in the most dire challenge, a partner is going to see that this can still be better. There is still some glory in it. There's still something that God can get glory out of. Partners see this and said, this is the opportunity for God to show forth his power. Don't give up, don't walk away, don't throw in the towel, but look and watch God work and do exactly what he said. While the bodies are ready to throw in the towel and leave, partners ready to roll up their sleeve and say, let's work this thing out. And you got to have folk like that in your corner. Because you're always going to have challenge. Listen to me, all the young folk. You're always going to have challenge. There's always going to be an issue. There's always going to be a problem. But you don't need somebody that's going to co-sign the problem. You need somebody that's going to co-sign the deliverance and co-sign the victory and say, but we are still well able to do what God has called us to do. Bodies are going to focus on the how. How are we going to get this done? You know, sometimes you got some folk, when you tell what you want to do, they got too many questions. Don't ask me all them questions. 
How you going to do it? You ain't got enough money. Who going to be on your side? Who going to be with you? You going to miss out on this. You going to miss out on that. Sometimes you, you don't want to hear all them questions. You need, to, you need a partner because a partner won't look at how the partner says, why are we doing this? If you tell me that God said it, I'm with you all the way. If you believe that this is what we can make happen, this is what we can make happen. If you believe we can turn this around, this is we're going to turn it around. If you believe that it's able, that we're able to do it, come on, let's get this thing going. Because a body gets so caught up in the why and the details that they miss out on the glory of God. When you look at the details, you miss out on the anointing and the power of the miraculous God to be able to do what God is able to do. And what you want to have is reality kick in. I don't want to see no reality. I don't see reality for all my years living. I want to see the supernatural ability of God. I want to see God do stuff that they say can never happen, can never be done, ain't never been done before. I'm not looking to see how somebody else did it. I want God to do something that ain't never been done before in my life. And if you're looking for it to be always the same thing, well, stay your tail right over there. But I need somebody around me that expect to see the miraculous. You need to check your circle and say, are there any miracle watchers in my circle? Are there any faith workers in my circle? Does anybody in my circle believe that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I ask or think? Is there anybody around me that got faith to chase a thousand and chase ten thousand? I don't need bodies. I need partners. I need partners. I need somebody to say, yes, we can. Yes, we can. This is just the beginning. It's going to get better. And you don't have to have an exquisite vernacular. You can talk in, in layman's term. It's going to get better. It ain't even got to fit together in, in the proper language skills. Just tell me it's going to get better. I don't need nobody to recite what the problem is because I, I'm not stupid. I know what the problem is. But I need somebody to say, but you can still do it. And you got to have enough authority and strength to say, get up out of that bed. I don't want to hear no more your complaining. I don't want to hear about your frustration. You're alive, ain't you? As long as you're alive, it's another opportunity for God to get glory out of your life. You're still breathing, ain't you? Then it's going to be okay. As long as you're still breathing, God can still turn it around. God can still flip it upside down. God can still raise you up out of that valley. He can bring down every high place. He can destroy every devil. Tell somebody, as long as you're still alive, God can still get some praise out of you. As long as you're still alive, God can get some glory out of your life. As long as you can still alive, God can get some worship out of your spirit. Get up from there and get going because we are partnering together to do the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord. Well, some of y'all got too many bodies. That's why you can't get nothing accomplished. Always bickering, always complaining, always talking, always got something to say. Some negativity when it's spewing your spirit. I said this year ain't no more negativity. Every negative person, I'm binding you up by the blood of the Lord. I only want to hear positive stuff that declare that the word of the Lord is true and that every promise of God is sure and if I believe God that I can do stuff that I never thought I can do I don't need partners. I don't need bodies. I need partners. I need partners. Tell somebody I need a partner. I need partners. 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 I need you to ride with me until it happens. I need you to roll with me until it work out. I need you to roll with me until it turn around in my favor. I don't hear to hear can't and won't no more. I'm going to hear that yes you can and go after it with everything that you got. You need 
partners, not bodies. Because bodies take up space. Take up space, but don't put anything back in. Two, we moving. Always put purpose over commonality. It's our natural inclination for connections to be formed uh, based upon sensual perception. And sensual perception is the way in which we interact with our environment, interacting by what we see and what we hear and, and what we're able to smell and so forth. But con divine connections cannot be based upon a sensual perception, a perception that just gratifies what my flesh wants and not what God's spirit is commanding. That's not a divine connection. We seek to find out what we have in common and then to base a connection on that, what we have in common. But it's not the fact that what we have in common secularly, but it's about that the spirit has caused us together, one from one area, one from another area, all together to work together to do the will of the Lord. So, so Paul faced this with Barnabas. Paul faced this with Barnabas. Him and Barnabas got together and they went out and they preached a revival and they did a good job and came back. But what happened during that first mission is that um, Barnabas' cousin, John Mark, was with them. And John Mark was doing the work. It got too hard. He's ready to go home. He said, I'm going home. I see you. You know, that's um, South Park. He said, you know, this is South Park. Um, little fat one, Cartman, said, you know, <laughs> he said, forget you guys. I'm going home. That's what John Mark did. John Mark said, like, I'm going home. <laughs> I done had enough of this preaching stuff. You out here preaching. You out here teaching. We ain't got no food. We ain't got no money. They don't like us anyway. I'm going home. I ain't got to deal with this. I'm going home. And Paul got upset with this. And when they went out on the second, and they're going on the second endeavor, Paul said, you ain't bringing John Mark. He can't come with us. Barnabas said, why? Because he said he left us the last time. He is not prepared to handle the calling that we have. And I can't do what God's called me to do with people that are not committed to the calling. They're not graced for the assignment. God, I hear you. Everybody is not graced for the assignment that God has on your life. That's why they can't roll through the whole process of it. And the Bible said they fell apart. They fell apart. They didn't want to be together no more. They had to split. And, and, and Paul, Paul said, I'm not going. Y'all two go and do what you're going to do. But I got to find me somebody else that can tap into, that can link up, that can partner with what we're trying to go. It's interesting because if you look at Matthew 12, 48, while Jesus was in the house preaching to the people and telling them the good news, his mama and his brother were outside waiting to talk to him. I don't know why they're trying to talk to him while he was preaching. You know, folk do that town. Be waiting. And you finished preaching, they wanted to But he was waiting, and, and he was waiting outside to talk to him. And then they say, and then his disciples came while he was preaching now, and they said to him, You know, your brother and your mama is outside, and they want to talk to you. And Jesus looked and said, well, well, who is my brother and who is my mother? And then the Bible says he looked at the disciples and said, Right, these right here are my brother and my mother and my sister. For whoever does the will of the Lord is my brother and my mother and my sister. What that say then? That says that my divine connection cannot be 
based on a fact that, on a fact that we're family. We might have the same blood, but not the same assignment. You might have the same blood, but not the same calling. It has to be much deeper than that fact. I have to look at folk that are connected to me by the will and the design of God so that I might be able to fulfill what God has called me to. It has to be more than that. It has to be more than that. It has to be more than that. It has to be more than the fact that we look alike. It has to be more than the fact that we sound alike. It has to be much deeper than that. It has to be more than the fact that we grew up together for it to be the divine connection because everybody that you grew up with ain't meant to go with where God wants you to go. They can celebrate you. You can, you can, you can thank them. You can praise them. You can do all the things you got to do for them, but they're not meant to go with you where God is trying to take you. It's got to be more. It has to be more than the fact that we have known each other all of these years because some people think just because we have longevity, we have connection. Longevity does not produce connection. Longevity produces tenure, but that doesn't mean that God has called us to be together at this season and at this time. It has to be more than the fact that you were needed and necessary in my past. It has to be more than the fact that you helped me out. It has to be deeper than that for it to be a divine connection. You cannot be shallow when you understand divine connection. You cannot take a shallow approach to it because it's much deeper than anything on the surface. Much deeper. My, 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 my purpose and my destiny are too important for them to be held hostage by sentimentality. I, I, I know where I am. I know where I'm going. I, I know what God is calling me to. And you may be confused, but I'm not confused. And I can't let the fact that I know you and that we have an intimate, uh, intimate interaction let that distract me from what God is calling me to do. Sometimes you got to be just like Paul and be like, Barnabas, you and your cousin. <laughs> Both of y'all. Y'all ain't got to go home. But y'all got to get up out of here. Give me Silas. I'll take Silas. I enjoy my time with Barnabas. We have done some great preaching and teaching together. But with Silas, I'll see a miracle. Because it wasn't Barnabas or John Paul that was sitting up in that prison when we had to pray and sing praises unto the Lord. But it was Silas that was there, who you never hear say anything in the word. He never gives any notification or any discussion of who he is. All he knows, he's the one that sat in that prison with Paul. And he had enough power in that prison that when they sang at midnight, y'all know the story, that the gates of the prison doors flew open. I don't need somebody that's just good to talk to. I need somebody with some power that when we get together, that we can change the situation around. Give me silence. Identify a partner, not a body. Because John Mark was a body, but not a partner. And Paul knew the intensity of what he was called to do. I can't do this with a body. I got to do this with a partner. I have to handle this as a partner. Point three, we rolling. Some things just don't fit. It was interesting 
in John 6, that Jesus was sharing with his disciples, and he declares himself to be the bread. He said, I'm the bread of life. That's what he said, right? And he went on to say, he said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you should have no life. I don't know. If, I, don't know I think I would have little been a little um, strange about that one too, eat your flesh. Y'all want to do that? Y'all want to think nothing wrong with that? Y'all mean to tell me if somebody's sitting there saying, you got to eat my flesh or drink my blood and you ain't going to have no life, you want to look at them a little twisted? That's just me? Oh. And the Bible says that the disciples said, this is a hard thing. Who can do this? Who can bear this level of intimacy? And the scripture says, is that some that walk with him turned away and walk with him no longer. They did not engage in him. He's disciple no longer because they said it was just too much for them. Because everybody that's a divine connection has to be able to handle the weight of your assignment. Everybody cannot handle what it takes to roll with you. Everybody cannot handle what it takes to do ministry with you. If it was easy, anybody could do it. But it takes, it takes, it takes an ability to expand and to grow and to deepen in order for you to handle what God has called me to. God has called me to. I grew up singing in choirs on the East Coast. And we sing hard. Every song. From the first song to the twelfth song. And we sing high. That's why I ain't got no voice now. Singing choir. So we used to do a, we used to do a, a, a New Year's Eve concert every year. About 12, 14 songs. Start at midnight. We're there. And we were young, dumb. All we knew to do was we like to, we like to dress up and we like to sing. That's all we did. So you take your little money that you made because you know Bailey was making any money. And you get enough to get your outfit. Enough to have a little money left over to go to Junior's after, after, after the concert. So anybody here from New York know about Junior's? <laughs> Amen. No, I do. You got just enough to get there and, and, and do all that. And so I had my outfit together. Found this nice jacket, tie, everything, a little tinge of burgundy. No, not burgundy, excuse me, a little tinge of wine. It's color, not Target, Target. <laughs> a little bit of wine in there. And I went into the store. It's called the Sook Shop. It's right downtown, um, right all the way downtown in New York, right by Canal Street. Little shop. Everybody went there. All the church people went there, got their shoes. And I was praying before I got there, Lord, let me find these shoes. Got to come find these shoes. I want it nowhere because I love a good shoe. Ain't nothing like a good shoe. Nothing like it make your whole outfit a good shoe. And, I, and it has to be the right shoe. And it has to fit, it has to sit right with your pants, you know, because your pants got that, that cuff got to be right on, on that shoe. You know, it can't be too long. You know, sometimes the brothers wear their pants too long, they drag it on the ground. No, it got to hit right on the back of that heel. So that when you shout, I'm East Coast. When you dance, it gets right where it needs to, so you get just a little hint of the sock, but not too much of the sock. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's just me? Okay. So I found these shoes. Pants was him, ready. I ain't had much time. You just got your hair cut, ready. I need to get these shoes. I can get home and get ready for this concert. Come in this store, found these shoes. I said, thank you, Jesus. 
God done did it again. Perfect shoe. It was these nice crocodiles with the big blocks on them. Perfect shade. Went with everything I was wearing. I said, oh, Lord, you did it. And then came, went in the store, ran to them, and got them and picked up, and they was on sale for 80% off. Not only did the good Lord let me find them, he put them on sale. You see what happens when you pay your tithes? You pay your tithes, God will send you a sale. Some man might want to get your envelope back. Put a little more in it. Five, got them shoes 80% off. I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I went to pick them up, looked at them. They were one size too small. Devil. You know they ain't number the devil. I done looked all over for these shoes. I found the right shoes, and they're 80% off. One size too small. I was with some of the members of the choirs. They said, you better get them shoes. I got them shoes. Huh? You going to pass up a good shoe for 80% off? That, you better make that thing work. <laughs> and, you know, you put them out in the store, and you know they're a little tight. But you're like, they'll stretch. <laughs> they'll stretch. They'll give a little bit. Let me just walk around a little bit in this, and they'll stretch out a little bit. I knew them things were a little tight, but I said, we're going to make this work. Got them home, looked at them in the mirror. I said, oh, these nice. That's nice. Got to the service before we had to sing. Sit, you know, you cross your leg a little bit. So the saints, saints got to see the shoe. I ain't about to put all this money in these shoes for you not to see the shoe. Cross that leg. And you got to look deep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> Came time for us to sing, got singing, that first, second song. And our songs, we used to have a little, um, we had a little choreography in our songs. We get to moving. Got to the third song. That fourth song, I heard woof, 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 woof. Bishop Walker, is that you barking? Roo, roo, roo. Well, I tell you, it felt like my pinky toe had swollen to about three times its size. Y'all know about that. Y'all know about And I felt like the, the nail of my big toe got shoved into the toe. I said, no, I can make this happen. I can make this work. Make this work. But you know, when them feet hurting, ain't nothing right. I can remember my notes. I can remember no words. You get angry. Why are we singing this song? Why are you holding this song so long? Ain't it time for a break? Because them feet hurting. Because the shoes didn't have the capacity to endure my assignment. They look good. They didn't cost me much. 
but they didn't have the capacity to endure what it took for me to complete my assignment. They, 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 were, they didn't stretch. They didn't adapt. They didn't conform to what was needed. They just held me hostage to what they were able to give because they didn't have the capacity to endure what was needed to help me fulfill my assignment. Just like some of the folk in your life that you trying to make a divine connection that does not have the capacity to endure what's necessary to help me to complete this assignment. They kept me restricted. Restricted. Kept me relegated in a spot what was too small for where I was. Too small for what I had to do. A divine connection has to have the capacity to be able to stretch, to be able to grow, to be able to become what's needed to help you to endure your assignment because some things just don't fit. I never, ever wore them shoes again. I will see them and get nauseous. Just want to vomit. Because they didn't have what was needed for me to do what I had been called to do. This is where our text is. Because the text we read said that these individuals were not divine connection. They say they were good to have, they were nice to have, but they were not a must have. They didn't belong to us. They were not part of us. They were good compliments, but they were not what was needed in order for us to be and to do what we have been called to do. In many instances, we're trying to do great work with people that just don't fit. And you can never be comfortable and grow with things that kind of keep you locked into a lesser place, into a smaller confinement. To this, he said, had they belonged to us, they would have stayed with us. So sometimes we have to get to the point where you just accept it. I accept that you ain't coming back. I free everybody in here from that dependency and you're keeping yourself locked in the position because of somebody that left. I free you today and give you freedom to be you and to be happy where God has you and not to be held back because you're hoping that somebody will come back that left. Because they ain't coming around. Their minds are not changing. So stop putting your life on hold for a connection that was not a divine connection to begin with. For there is a blessing in some disconnections. I don't have no problems with you. I don't hate on you. I don't have any issues with you. But you don't have a seat at this table. You don't have a seat on this table. 
you don't have and you don't have any influence in what God is trying to do in my life. Because you have to understand the value and the purpose that God has on you. And you have to be more selective in who's in that circle. Because what God has assigned me to do is so precious, I can't be wrongly connected. I can't be wrongly coupled. I can't be wrongly interrelated to that which is trying to destroy, even if it's unintentional, but unintentionally would destroy what God is doing. You got to be saying, I love you. I thank you. I appreciate what you have been. But I can't get stuck here because I got work to do. I can't be like Egypt, walking around in the wilderness 40 years, always moving but never progressing, always making efforts but never possessing, always renting but never able to buy because I'm stuck in the circle trying to make something be what it was never intended to be. If they belong to us, they would have remained with us. Sometimes, some things just don't fit. Last time, I did the choosing. This time, I'm going to let God choose. Because I'm not trying any longer to squeeze that square peg into a round hole. Done trying to make something permanent that was in intended to be temporary. Because when you try to make something permanent that was always meant to be temporary, sooner or later, it spoils. Sooner or later, it's going to rot. I refuse to be nostalgic and keep trying to recapture that which God has moved out the way. Sometimes you have to let people know that that's it. That we appreciate it. That is wonderful. I thank God for you. But the connection that God has to have for me in this season has to be a connection that's more than what these other things have been. I learned later, too, that when you consistently put on shoes that don't fit, they will end up hurting your feet and can lead to being crippled. And I wonder how many people in here today are crippled because we keep putting on shoes that don't fit. It don't fit. And you know, and, and I've learned is that in many instances, we know they don't fit. You know they say back in the day when you put you knew you knew that skirt didn't fit when you came before you left the house. <laughs> Baby, you were sixteen. Be a sixteen. Be a happy sixteen. But you know what? A sixteen and a sixteen will be happy and comfortable. A sixteen and a twelve ain't gonna be comfortable. And sure ain't gonna be happy. You know, there's another thing now they got, they pulling it down. You got to do all that pulling, I mean, they don't fit. Sometimes, 
it just don't fit. And let me, oh, this, this is for free. It's for free. I'm about to give you one for free. And it ain't sexy. When you done squoze, as my mama say, you done squoze. <laughs> she was South Carolina. Don't blame her. When you done squoze all that meat and a too short wrapping, you ain't going to be happy and neither is the wrapping. In this season, <laughs> we don't need bodies. We need partners. Not people that are connected because of the charisma of our pastor. Not people that are just drawn to our music, to our worship experience. But people that are connected to why the Lord has us here. Why the Lord has us here. Why the Lord keeps us going. Why the Lord started this ministry and why the Lord still has this ministry going. Because people that are connected to the why of who we are will buy into what we do. And you'll be consistent no matter who's on the stage. It don't matter who's speaking. It don't matter who's singing. It don't matter who's playing. It don't matter who's up front. It don't matter even when we get it wrong. Because we're not always right. We get it wrong. But when I'm connected to the mission, I look past that because I know the purpose of me being is higher than anything else. So put it up, um, PB. This is why we exist. Our mission, to honor God in everything, to evangelize everywhere, to produce according to the power of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is what the reason that we are here. Not so I can get time on the mic, not so that I can be seen, not that I can have a leadership position. This is the reason why we're here. Not to get your husband. <laughs> not to get your wifey wife. It's this. This is why God brought us here. This is why God chose you because God says you have something that helps to build this. And if you don't have a connection to this, then sometimes that means maybe you don't belong to us. Don't belong to us. So we have a declaration for 2019. I want everybody to stand up. I want you to repeat this direct de declaration. In this year of divine connection, Lord, help me to remain connected. Connected to your will. Connected to your mission. And connected to your people. Listen, I've been praying and Lord's been really, Lord's been really speaking to me in this season more so than I think he's ever spoken to me. And there is a harvest that God wants to release in our house. There, is, there are souls, but the souls that God wants to release in our house are those who have been through issues, who are hurting, some are bleeding, 
They have been exasperated. They're giving up. We are the city of hope international. And there are people that God wants to send in here who have lost hope that he wants to grant hope back to. But how can he release them and trust us with them if we can't connect to each other? If we can't connect to the mission, if we can't connect to the will of God, because the will of God says it's so much more than about me. It's about what God wants to do in the season. And I'm not picking and choosing who God sends. God sends everybody. Everybody that can be restored, everybody that can be reclaimed, everybody that can be who you want them to be, that's what we're here for. I pray that this is a declaration that we say from now on. That we continue to say, we continue to model, and we continue to be an example of as we go throughout the remainder of this year. Remainder of this year. Once we can get the internal working in our interaction, where I genuinely love Minister Cynthia, genuinely love Elder Amira, not just words. But I'm actions. Genuinely love Brother Saul. Genuinely love Sister Naomi. Genuinely love Sister Ye Ye. And Brother B, Brother Brandy. Love Jessica. Concerned about you outside of just what we do. Until that happens internally, and I see everybody as my cousin. And my two cousins right there in the bag. Then God says, I can trust you. Because I can't trust you with the hurting if you're not ready because you'll cause more hurt. Let's take somebody's hand on today. Take your neighbor's hand. This is who we are. We family. We eat together. And we wash the dishes together. We need some folk that can cook up a good meal and then say, go sit on the couch and relax. Where the trash can at? Let me get that trash bag. Where you keep your, your dishcloths? Let me wash this up for you. One of the most beautiful things I ever saw was when my grandmother died and she was from something, South Carolina, right, on, right outside Bishopville. Some of y'all might know that place. When she died, all these women from the church came over and just started cleaning her house, washing everything up because they were connected on a deeper level than something superficial. That's what we have to be. And that's our challenge today is to be that. So, Father, on today, I pray for my brother and sister that I'm joined to right now on either side. I thank God for them. I thank God that we're united together. We don't always get it right. But the reason we're here is so much deeper than just the fact that we get it right or wrong. We are here to fulfill your calling on us. 